Hey, everybody. Welcome to the May Chexic discussion group call for tactical sovereignty. Um, getting down towards the end of the month here. Uh, this is Sunday. Like I always say, the first day of the week, not the seventh day, not the Sabbath. And that's, I guess, another rabbit hole people can go down. But an important one, I believe, as well. Um, anyway, Mike's on here with us. Uh, Mike was just chit-chatting prior to starting the recording about self-sufficiency and, you know, how lost people would really be, maybe, say, if, you know, stuff hit the fan. And something I've been looking at, I was going to bring up this evening, something that I've been looking at probably close to a month now. And, well, actually, it's been more than that. It's actually been about three or four months. Because I think, as people know, um, that they've probably heard the term thrown around that we are in a grand solar minimum. A grand solar minimum probably isn't something that you heard in school. Uh, probably not something you had a test on or anything like that. And so it's kind of a new term that gets thrown around out there. And, you know, I, I've always noticed, I think it's kind of funny, especially when you look at, like, definitions of words, is that there's certain words that something pokes out at you, and so you go look up that definition for that word. And all of a sudden, you start hearing that word coming out of the mouths of maybe people on TV or the radio, whatever the case may be. Whereas before, since you didn't really know what that word or what that term meant, it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. And I think maybe grand solar minimum has probably been the same way for a lot of people, just because it's not really something a lot of people are familiar with. But it's a cycle that the Earth goes through, supposedly, um, where you've got times where your summers are hotter, maybe longer. You may not notice it as much, but guess what? Your plants notice it. The animals notice these things. And this is something that started up, I, from what I've looked at, probably maybe a year and a half ago. I'm just kind of guesstimating. And I'm saying that also from looking at research I've done in other countries, uh, in Europe, um, and even in Asia. Believe it or not, you can find the information from farmers and people in Asia. And one of the things that kind of really made me start paying attention to it again was that, on a personal note, uh, when I make my coffee, I, I'm down here in southwest Florida. It's always pretty warm down here. Chicken hot coffee isn't really a big thing. Cold coffee is a little more popular down here. And I prefer to make my own rather than spending 3 bucks at 7-Eleven or spending 7 bucks at um, Starbucks. Or 7 bucks, as you could probably call it. That's about what it costs you there. And so I make my own. And one of the things that I add into it is chocolate malt. Because um, I just kind of make like a chocolate mocha coffee, cold coffee. And for about a month now, it hasn't been on the store shelf. It, it would disappear for a week, and then there would be like three or four containers of it. And then, boom, it's been gone again for like the last, I'd say, close to a month. And I was sitting back the other day thinking, and I was like, chocolate malt. Huh, that word malt, I know what malt comes from. It comes from grains and cereals and things like that. And uh, which made me start investigating this again even deeper. And the farmers 
really worldwide and ones that I've listened to here in the USA um, are saying, hey, guys, you need to have a heads up on what's going on because normally farmers will have generally, depending on what they're growing, uh, with the exception of like maybe corn, there are two growing seasons, um, especially like even with their hay, with their wheat, with their oats, barley, different things like that. Um, I grew up in a farming area in southern Michigan, and so the term second cutting was always a familiar term. You knew what the second cutting was. It was your second harvest. And what they're saying right now is that there is no second cutting this year, that a hard frost came early, killed off what was already in the fields, and so they got one batch this year. That's it. And so you're going to start seeing shortages. Um, starting about eight months ago, I know Asia was seeing shortages, and their diet isn't quite exactly like ours. They don't really eat as much breads and grains. Uh, we know, of course, stereotypically more rice. Uh, but what they were looking at was their whiskeys. That's where they were getting upset about. They are having a problem getting whiskey. And where does whiskey come from? You know, one of the main ingredients with that is your barleys and your wheats are, are used in that. And they've also been used a lot. They use a lot with beer as well. So uh, I think, you know, watch beer prices. See what beer prices do. Uh, like I said, you know, the malt I use at the store, I can't get it at any store. I've been to all the varieties of stores around me, including, unfortunately, Walmart, which normally carried it. They don't have it. Um, there would be times where there would be a shortage of maybe the chocolate malt, but they always had the vanilla uh, made by Carnation. Right now, neither of them. Neither of them are available, and they haven't been available for quite a while now. Um, so I went and started looking around the stores a little bit more. One store I generally go to where I'll get, like, my bread at, um, I buy like a specific type of like a wheat bread or a barley, something that's, I, I don't buy the white styrofoam wonder bread, right? And the section that I shop from for my breads is about 12 feet long, right? Um, five, six shelves high, about 12 feet long. Um, right now, that section for those kind of specialty breads, the non-styrofoam breads, uh, that section now is probably about maybe six or eight feet long. It, they've cut it almost in half. So these breads that really have the real oats, the real barley, rye, stuff like that in it, um, potato bread, for instance. Um, yeah, potato bread, that, that's one of them. Um, normally, there's at least three different manufacturers that produced a potato bread. When I was at the store the other day, one of those manufacturers was totally gone. They didn't have any of their breads. And the other manufacturers, none of them carried a potato bread at all. And so I think this is something people really need to start paying attention to, especially when it comes to self-sufficiency. And at the same time, you've got to look at trickle-down effects. Okay? And these trickle-down effects, when it comes to your barley, your oats, um, your cereals, okay? 
there's a few things I've noticed that I find kind of interesting. But the trickle-down effects, you know that ethanol uh, makes up at least 10% of what goes into the gasoline mixture. So what's that going to mean? That's going to mean gas prices are going to go up. Um, what else are these things used for? These things are used for livestock and feeding animals, uh, feeding pigs. You're going to start seeing the pork bellies on the open market start going up. And the prices of pork in the store is probably going to start going up. This is, I'm right now in kind of a predictive state, but I've already started to see this trend occur. Um, and one of the things that I was kind of laughing about also with this going on is that the past several years, we've really seen this push towards becoming vegan and cutting out like dairy and uh, the, there's also you know getting getting off the carbs those diets wanting you to get off the carbs hey Keith is that you hearing background noise and it's showing it's showing Keith so somehow your mic's working. All right. He's getting close, he says. Uh, uh, let me bounce over and temporarily mute you because you're making a whole lot of noise. All right. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, anyway, you see the, this trend towards people getting on these different diets and getting off the carbs and stuff like that. And I've kind of wondered, gee, I wonder if this is stuff that's been put in place to kind of um, wean people off from the wheats and the cereals and things like that. Because... Powers that be or whoever foresaw this coming a while ago and said, okay, this will soften the blow. If we can cut down a big portion of of the population from using the cereals and grains and those kind of things. So I think that might have been something that, that was devised very possibly just a hypothesis on my part. But it makes total sense. It really makes total sense. Um. Let me jump over, Keith, and see if I can unmute you. Because we were getting a lot of background noise, so there was a mic working on your end somehow. All right. I'm still hearing you whack away at the keyboard. All right. We can hear him whacking away at the keyboard, but evidently there's not a mic working. Um, and I'm not really keeping up with the chat because I have to bounce back and forth to other boards, and I'm trying to bounce over to get you unmuted when you're able to speak as well at the same time. Uh, frustrating. Anyway, um, you were saying that it's telling you that your browser is not giving you permission. Um, depending on what device you're on, I don't know if 
you can normally change browsers and switch browsers. If you've got Chrome, switch over to Chrome because that seems to be the most successful browser. We were talking about that prior to starting the recording tonight. You can jump over to a Chrome browser and you shouldn't have any problem. But anyway, that's just some of what I've seen happening, part of what I've seen trending. And I think it's something that people really need to pay attention to. And when it comes to being self-sufficient, you know, this is very important. Especially, I mean, you, you want to feed yourself, you want to feed your family, and you want to financially prepare for anything that comes down the pike. Because something as important as grains or whatever is going to cause, like I said, a trickle-down effect. And it's going to bring a rise in prices with just about everything. I said whether it's meats or just the gasoline you put in the vehicle. Um, on top of it, I thought it was pretty interesting. I think it was four days ago. Um, Kellogg's just lost a lawsuit for $20 million uh, because they had different items such as, um, what was it, the, the frosted mini wheats, different things like that that they, they were saying were nutritious for you, and they had this in it and that in it. And this has come out and been found to be totally untrue. In fact, not only are all those breakfast cereals not nutritious, they're actually unhealthy. They're the opposite of nutritious. So $20 million to Kellogg's, I think, is probably a slap on the wrist. Um, they probably sell that many boxes of cereal in one day in the USA, so that's not really going to affect them too much. But it is interesting to see they got hit that way. Um, There's an attempt to sue General Mills here about a year ago, I think it was, for the same thing. And the judge, of course, being the judge that judges are, um, threw the case out. I guess he found it warrantless, without merit, whatever they want to say. But we know the big money kind of sticks together. That's just the way things work. This makes sense. Um, all right. Give me a second here, guys, to step away. Um, Living man, I don't know if you're still around or not. Step away for a second here and see what's up with Keith. Yeah, Keith, I wish your audio was working. Um, yeah, what you're putting in the chat is a few steps away from what I was discussing. But anyway. Oh. There you are again, Keith. Well, I was just hearing background noise from you. And then you muted back out. I'm surprised we can hear you type on the keyboard, but you're not able to speak. 
from me. Hello. <laughs> you. This is uh, Lamont. How you doing, Brian? Hey, Lamont. I haven't heard from you in a while. What's going on, bro? Yeah. Oh, hanging in there. Doing good. Um, I figured I'd get on the call. There's like two or three ways to get on the call, and I think I just I chose on camera or on something on on chat board, I believe. So I'm here. How you been? So everything's good, and I'm listening away. Yeah, no, everything's good. Um, we we're kind of starting up this week with um, a guest host, a second host, uh, Keith. He's been on the past couple weeks, but for some reason, he's not able to connect with his audio this evening. Um, but he's throwing a whole bunch of stuff in the chat if people want to look at that. Um, so anyway, we're, we're just kind of winging it right now. Um what do you have going on with you, Lamont? Anything major? Anything new? Um. Well, well uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, the good, bad, and ugly. <clears throat> but um, this um, getting back to this host. What's his full name again? I think I recognize the host. Are they not the Keith. host? Your guest. Yeah, Keith Little. <clears throat> right, Keith Little. And, and prior to that, you had uh, another gentleman on. Um, was he a, a, before Keith Little? You had um, he was more of a uh, sort of like the global political aspects of things and the economic aspects. Um, a pretty well known name. You had a well known name on the call. I can't remember. Oh, my, you're my talking about uh, yeah, you're talking about G. Edward Griffin. He was on last week. Yeah, yeah, I missed that. I missed that. Yes, I'm in, guys. Hey, Keith, yeah, you, you made it. You... <laughs> Tell you what, guys, this is frustrating. <laughs> well, okay, okay. you made it, though. I was just saying, it's good you made it, though. Yeah. Hey, hey, okay, I, thanks I, a lot. Love you, brother. You're welcome. Catch you, brother. Hey, and Lamont, um, if you just go to uh, the webpage for TalkShoe for this call, uh, 143321, uh, you can just go to last week's call and go listen to what G.R. Griffin was saying last week. Awesome. Thanks a lot. You got it, bro. All right, Keith. Hey, hey, hey. How's everybody doing? All right. Well, I guess uh, I'll start up again kind of the way we were probably going to start this week and that is um we're bringing on uh keith little as a another host as a guest host with us uh because everybody's got additional information to bring in uh regarding things that we've learned things that we've researched um and it, actually this would probably be a good time i want to address something that's been going on uh, with one particular post in Tactical Sovereignty Facebook group administering the estate, uh, which was somebody who had posted a video from a certain YouTube channel. And I allowed that video and watched it and laughed. Couldn't help but laugh. 
and uh, but left it up. And then the same member has tried posting it two or three more times, but I didn't I didn't approve the post for it anymore. Left it the one time, didn't take it off, but just didn't allow it to be posted anymore. And uh, so she came at with me with you know I don't know censoring or uh, claiming that I was um, remo- removing posts. It's like, no, I'm not removing posts. I just didn't allow it on. People don't realize that I probably only allow about 50% of the posts per day that people submit to the group. Just because right. some of them are just outrageous. It's stuff that you can see on your regular Facebook feed anyway. And this is really supposed to be a research group pulling out information that people can't normally find anyway. And, um, and that's the reason why Tactical Sovereignty was created on Facebook. It was first created as a secret group, only for me, because I was just throwing stuff in there that I wanted to research but didn't have time to sit and read at the time or listen to at the time. And a couple of people caught on to that, and they are like, hey, open that up. There's more of us that want to see this stuff. So I opened it up to a closed group, which now Facebook has retitled as a private group. But anyway, I changed it to that, which is a more open setting where people visibly can find it and click join if they want. And that's what I've used that group for, is to put things in I was researching, things I was looking at, but not particularly things that I espouse or that I recommend for people to do. Just because it's there doesn't mean I'm saying, go do this. No, it's just stuff right. that is, is informative. And that's all it's for. Right. And same same way. That's the reason for having Keith on with us this evening. So um, right. how are you doing tonight, brother? Now that you're finally able I, to I'm click doing on. great. <laughs> I've had an awesome day. Um, got out and did some uh, remodeling and stuff. So I wasn't uh, able to get with you earlier today. But um, I'm glad we're able to uh, get on. And, and we do have a topic that I've been mentioning in the uh, um, comments here. But. Um, I, I'm glad I'm finally able to get on here because what you're talking about there is people being able to take this information and discern for themselves whether it actually applies or not. And this comes down to the general foundation of, you know, I I don't want you believing your government people. And in the same sense, I don't want you believing myself either. I want you to get out there and do your own research. And in 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 this topic specifically here, um, I get a lot of um, reverb back from people when I post things that I myself know aren't na- aren't actually true or something, um, or not in, not the uh, in, in agreement. Um, you know, when I post things that are that are in fact fake news and stuff, what I try to um, help people discern is that there are two so- two sides to every story, and. And, and I'm going to use the the Jewish thing um, just as a as a parable type thing here, as a as a uh, uh, a comparison thing. You know, there are a lot of Christians out there that don't like the Jews, and so they they really don't want to hear anything about Jews. So when I post something about the Jewish community, all of a sudden they think I'm um, um, supporting the Jewish community, and that's not it at all. What I'm what I'm trying to do? They is think help. you're supporting them, or they think you're bashing them. Right. And and that's not what I'm trying to do. It's, you know, um, when I recently I posted something about Hitler and 
you know, all of a sudden it's like I'm a bad guy. No, what I want people to comprehend is the information within it and how you, you need to disseminate it, separate it and, and apply it to your own um, life and everything. Because, you know, like we discussed in the, uh, the meeting last week with uh, Edward, um, I, I urge people to read this book, Hitler's Willing Executioners. And no matter what you think about Hitler or the Jews or the Rothschilds or anybody, you need to read this information. Because what it does is it helps you discern that where they were at in the 40s in Germany and the previous um, cent or decades before that, that built up to that situation is exactly where we are today. And like I said again last week, not just here in America, but around the world. We have all Jeez. kinds of communities with just willing executioners doing their job. Keith, can I add something to that? Sure. I think a lot of people, a lot of people, um, and well, I, I've known for quite a while, and a few people have known for quite a while, but I think a lot of people are really awakening to the fact right now of who created Al-Qaeda and who created ISIS. And yeah. with, knowing, with knowing that, now go back and start thinking about Hitler again. Yep. And, that, and that's basically it, you know. You, you got to quit taking this information as pro and con and and separate it for what it is and realize what it's saying. You know, it's like the, the story of Jesus. You don't have to believe in Jesus, but you should comprehend the story is that you're supposed to good, do, do good turns to your brothers and your sisters. You, we're supposed to be here for each other, not fighting each other. Nobody can do this alone. And therefore, we need to come together and help each other no matter what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And at the same time, you brought up, um, you mentioned fake news a little earlier. People need to realize that fake news just isn't out there on Fox and CNN and PMSNBC. And yeah, yeah like it that. comes in our posts. Fake news is in the truth community as well. Right. Right. We have people that are de deliberate, deliberately doing it to try to separate us. And we have people that are doing it. Um, I, I, I know the post you're talking about. And I, you know, we have people that are doing it out of um, ignorance. You know, they, they honestly believe it. And so they want to post it as if though it's truth and then get mad because somebody else doesn't want to post it because it's not true. You can't say that uh, we're censoring because it's not true or something like this. We're, we're using these forums to try to help people come to a better comprehension. And there's certain information that distracts from that. Keith, you know what? Um, and, and let me give a little bit of a rundown for people as well. Because I know some people are going to say, well, how do you know something's true or something's not true? or da, da, da. Especially within the truth community. When we're digging out information that's kind of been suppressed it's been hidden uh whether it's remedy related or whatever the case may be let me give you an example kind of of what in my life what i did because when i first came into this and started learning i knew none of this stuff and of course there are different things that were the first things i ran into like the sedm which is the sovereign defense ministry or whatever ran into them I ran into, of course, Anna von Reitz, all right? Um, 
different people of that variety of that flavor. Okay. And right. I, virtual I embassy. seeing things. <laughs> virtual embassies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that, that's a hot. That's You'll a notice I'm still going right to have posted in my group. And that's that's perfect. I'll I'll let you finish here, but I want to talk about them when we're done. When you're done there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I want to. Uh, but anyway, so after about two months, which doesn't sound like much to a lot of people, but let me tell you something. I long ago I turned off the TV and everything, all of the stuff that preoccupied me, and I spent time focused on learning this shit. All right. Because I wanted to know who claimed to be above me, how they claimed to have power, how it affected me, and what were the solutions for me. That was what I wanted. Okay. And yep. so I started doing deep studying. Now, this one post I referred to earlier, they claimed that they had 50,000 hours of research into this information. Let me explain <laughs> to you what, what 50,000 hours of research is. 50,000 hmm. hours of research is researching 24 hours a day without sleeping for almost six years. Or yep. if you want to cut, cut it back a little bit, it is researching for 200 and I, I'm sorry, not 200, 2,750 hour, 40 hour work weeks. Do you know how yeah. many years? Yeah. Do you know and how many years? Research, folks. When it comes to that word research, folks, comprehend the word research. It's research, and it's something that somebody else has searched, and just because they found it doesn't mean they were able to discern what it meant. Okay, <laughs> so they researched right. it, they present it to you in their context, and then you research it and put it in the same context. If it's the wrong context, it's still wrong. So now you got yeah. two people that did all these hours of research, and it's, none of it's worth a diddly squat. Yeah, they're still they're still spouting the wrong information. That's one of the things that that there's an issue with the uh, with the phrase "knowledge is power." No, knowledge isn't power. Only the correct knowledge is power. Correct. See, I I tell people all the time. There's three basic things that I study, and one is etiology. And you've heard me say this before, Brian. Etiology is the root cause. Etymology is the root word, and epistemology is the root knowledge. And if you're not concerned with those, and all you're doing is research and putting out the same stuff like Anna Von writes in a context that only applies to herself and the way she wants to think about it, comprehend when she's putting this information out and saying that you should do this and do that, that's wrong. You should not be telling people what they should do. You should put the information out there and let them know that if you're going to do this, there are other uh, prerequisites. If you're going to do anything in regards to being a United States citizen, comprehend, you have to take an oath. You have to do this. You have to do that. There are, there are more things than just one thing that you need to do in order to be lawfully considered a United States citizen or a representative of a United States citizen. You have to take an oath. And I've never taken an oath. I cannot possibly be a representative of a United States citizen, even though they clarify me on every banking instrument that I'm an authorized representative. That's only an assignment by them. I have to accept it. And that, and that acceptance, ha acceptance has to be by the law. 
You know what I mean? Did I lose everybody again? No, we're here. Oh, okay. Um, and, and that's that's an important uh, distinction to make. You know, when you're listening to somebody else and doing what they're telling you, you're subjecting your, yourself to their own faults. So you better know what they're saying is true. Because if you don't and they're wrong and you're doing what they're telling you, that's your responsibility. Okay? That's, that goes right along. Everybody wants to cry and whine about, they, well, what about this right and what about that right? You ain't got shit for rights. You have responsibilities. You must first take upon the responsibility of knowing the truth before you assert anything. You there, Brian? I think that's who we lost. But anyway, I called in on the um, phone, Keith. I'm not falling. Say what? Off. I say I called in on the phone because I couldn't get on TalkShoe. So I hear you. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I think we hear you. Else... We, yeah. We all okay. hear you, Keith. Is I think Brian. This is Lamont. How you doing, Keith? Good, good. Nice to meet you, you folks. Um, yeah. I, I hope. I think Brian. What I I'm think Brian's been off you. Yeah, we we hear what you're saying. Can you repeat the uh, the the strings or the relationship? Can you repeat the strings or the relationship of e e etymology and etymology? Oh, yeah. Uh, um. Thank you. Etiology is E T, and and I'll put it here in the uh, the comments section so everybody can look at the comments and see how it's spelled correctly. Um, etiology Thank you. Thank you. Um, is the study of the root cause. And when we go to these courts and everything, they have this nature and cause. And, and we're saying, well, I'm not guilty or I'm guilty. Do you, do you understand the, the nature and cause? Uh-huh. No, you don't. No, you do not. And I'll explain why. Because the next one we talk about is the root word. And therein is the largest problem with our entire English language. And I'll show you here in just a second. Um, because everybody goes into court and they're they're looking at these documents that say defendant. Let me tell you what a defendant is, people. A defendant, according to concise English, is a word with two conditions put upon it that change the terms. That's a very simple explanation, and with that explanation, you should comprehend that we're talking about the terms and conditions of contracts, because once you contract that term, the terms down from the conditions, you find the root word, which is fend. Now, we all know that we have the ability to fend for ourselves. However, when we accept the position that we are a defendant, that is the word fend with the precondition of a prefix put on it that we have been defended. In other words, somebody has taken away the ability to fend for ourselves, okay? And now that somebody has already taken away the ability to fend for ourselves and called, now we, have, we are defended, 
the suffix that is put on there at the end of the word is ant, and that means an event that has already occurred. We have already had the ability to fend for ourselves taken away. Why? Because we don't know the root word. And therefore, I think we I... cannot possibly have root knowledge or figure out what the root cause is. I think I just got back on. Am I here, Keith? You are. You are. I thought you had disappeared uh, for a minute there. Yeah, I was I, able to hear. I was able to hear everything you were saying, but you weren't able to hear me. <laughs> oh, so, okay. I guess I, I guess we're all having fun with technology tonight, and it, it, you know, to me that that's <coughs> one of the hilarious things, really, with looking at words. Defend. You're not able to fend for yourself anymore. Right, and and, and that's the whole problem. People think they know and they don't. And I assure you, I am a wordsmith. And unless you look at every word, including the word is, Bill Clinton is quoted in trial, in transcripts, on the public record. Well, that would de depend on what the, your definition of the word is, is. And people, let me tell you, there are 21 different uses of the word is alone. Well, and you know what? Right there, he was going to freaking blow shit wide open for people, and they didn't want that to happen. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier, is when you start seeing, when I start seeing all these things from all these different sources, I had to sit back and say, wait a second, how can I absorb this? How can I decipher what's being told to me? So I went to look at the main things that really have an effect in law and how things are structured and how things are used and so and this is what i recommend to everybody i looked up what an agent and principal relationship is look up the law of agency the law of agency the major major thing that's important for people to realize and comprehend um and right that explained that explained a whole lot to me and there's certain things like that uh the second thing was contract law I went and looked up contract law, which goes hand in hand with the law of agency. And I wrapped my mind around contract law. People think they know what contracts are and how contracts work. They really don't. And I'll tell you what, when, and it only took, it only takes, if, if you can really get your head around it, it only takes half an hour, maybe an hour at the most to research law of agency and realize what's happening there comprehend everything and about the same amount of time for contract law to wrap your mind around that just the basics of it and then you can go back and you can start seeing these things whether it comes to the constitution or whatever the case may be and really see what was going on and most people haven't done that they are just right. so settled in their cognitive dissonance of what they always thought it was and they're going to defend that to the end but they don't have any standing. They, they don't have any solid ground or evidence to be able to back up their belief. It's just a belief. That's all it is. It's saying yeah. trickling through the hourglass. Yep. And and if you look in the comments, folks, and I like to do this so you, you people can uh, get a better comprehension by visualizing this stuff and then uh, doing your copy and paste and doing your own research. Um, along with the uh, etiology, uh, etymology, epistemology, um, I told you I'm a wordsmith, and when we look at words, we look about, we look at words in the uh, phoneme sense and the grapheme sense, and when we break those down 
It's phone me or graph me. And if you're going to phone me, that's you defining me in the phonic sound by the sound of words. If you're going to graph me, that's you defining me in a literal sense by writing it down. Ain't going to happen. I define myself. I discern every word I use. If you have a problem discerning my use, then you need to ask for clarity. You need to ask for my clarification. And this is the biggest problem when we go into court. Nobody's asking for clarification of the words. Well, you know what? You know, Keith, that's one of the things that always kind of struck me as funny. Uh, living down here in Southwest Florida, that there are people from a lot of different countries here. And not just Spanish, a lot of different countries, whether Italy, right. whatever the case may be. And it, a couple times I had to go into court, I saw people coming in ahead of me, and the judge always asked, do you need somebody uh, to translate for you? And when yeah, I right. ended up in Michigan, I, I only had to go to court once or twice in Michigan, and I never heard that. Well, I heard it in every case on here, and it made me stop and think, wait a second. Absolutely. There's a different language being spoke here, and yes, we should all require a translator. Yeah, and you know who that translator should be? Anytime yeah. I walk into a court from now on, it's and believe me, folks, I haven't been into a courtroom in many years. They put a protection order out against me saying they don't want me in their courts. Thank you. I agree. And if you know about protection orders, they work both ways. So when the police want to pull me over on my bike for driving down the middle of the street, excuse me, can you prove I was driving on my bike? Um, can I see your ID? I don't have an ID. Well, well, what's your name? Well, I don't have a name either. Well, everybody's got a name. No, persons have name. Real men have calling by their creator. I've been called Keith all of my life. I hail from the kin little. And I hear I was born approximately August 20th in 1966. And so when it comes to these court cases and everything, I ever end up walking into a court again, I'm going to have two books. One is the 1611 King James Version of the Bible. And the other one is going to be a concise English handbook. And then the person or the man that I'm going to have entering as a translator is going to be a literary major with English majors up the ass that can explain exactly what that concise English handbook says. Uh, Keith, I, I wanted to bring something up uh, before it escapes my mind here. And that is that I know that somebody asked you today and somebody also contacted me today and they're asking about hospitals. And right. this is this is stuff that I've looked up quite a while ago. I've probably forgotten most of what I looked up. But I, I also know that things that I have found when it comes to hospitals specifically, and you can also find reference to this in Article 53 of the Liber Code. But I've, even today, I found info that the people in hospitals have the section as a federal worker is a federal employee and i think the question that was brought up to us today was um if these are actually like a military installation and i told them we had addressed this this evening and so i think you've looked into this a little bit uh, and i'll let you run with it here okay um just a really quick background my mother worked for the social security administration for 27 years 
Now, despite the fact that she worked for the Social Security Administration for 27 years, I guarantee you she probably never once read any of these codes, let alone the Social Security uh, Act. In saying that, I have. I've read so much and done so much research. It is pathetic. I have spent the last four years. I guarantee you, folks, I quit commerce four years ago. I lost my job because of that last case, and I've been doing nothing but studying. Like Brian was saying, damn near close to 24-7. And what happened is throughout all of this stuff, I realized that uh, the Social Security Administration, which is the first document that um, gets enacted besides Social Security uh, or the uh, uh, birth certificate and uh, certificate of live birth, that's your dual citizenship. One is state and one is the uh, United States federal government. And what happens is the Social Security Administration quantifies everybody as a Medicare qualified government employee. And the reason they have to do this is because hospitals are military institutions and they are a military institution themselves. At the same time, look up every branch of uh, the military and you'll see that they have a DUNS number. They are corporate military. And that is your Admiralty Maritime. When you walk into these courts, they are they are martial courts with uh, uh, um, uh, simultaneously uh, running commerce, commercial courts, okay? And when, when they um, qualify us as Medicare qualified government employees, it's from infancy, and again, root word, infantry, um, family tree, familia, parent, parent local parentis. Local parentis is one of the key words in the Social Security Administration, and it is one of the key words in the in the United States Code, uh, Title 10. And that is somebody that takes the position of parents. They stand in the location of the parents. So when you get a Social Security uh, account, you have a birth certificate, a certificate of live birth, and then you're instructed that you need a, a marriage license which is a quasi-contract with, again, the state who then uh, in that contract states that they are the parent. Even though you are two yeah. full-grown adults as parents of your own children, the state is the third parent asserting all jurisdictional authority because of your inability to comprehend the root words and know that marriage is a contract term Whereas a live man and woman who wish to be companions throughout life make covenants with themselves, with each other. Yeah, Keith, that, just that like all the falls covenant out. between Abraham and God. Yeah, that that fall, that all falls under our parents. But that all falls under our parents' patria, you know, where the state steps yeah. in as the parent. And I found that it was really interesting. That when I was researching uh, when vital statistics really got rolling under the name we know it as today was about uh, 1960. And 1960 was really right. a time in the 60s where the whole women's rights thing started happening. Uh, there had been a lot of people, uh, a lot of fathers lost previously to that in the Korean War and the First and Second World War and in the present and upcoming Vietnam War at that time. 
And so there was a lot of fatherless children out there. And that was when vital statistics really started kicking in and started taking over stronger with the birth certificate state by state and everything like that. Uh, but one, one of the things that this individual that she had asked today was evidence that the courts are military. And that's what I was kind of looking for. Do, do we really have any real physical evidence that they're military or is this just hypothesis? Yeah, you mean the hospitals? Yeah. Well, um, comprehend. Doctors used to go door to door. Okay. And it wasn't until they realized their ability to take advantage of the commercial system that they gathered up and did started doing business in hospitals. But the hospital itself was something that came about. Um, can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, that was that, that was okay. really Rockefeller um, starting up the AMA. Well, the the uh, um, the the uh, hospitals actually started on the war fields, and it's the same thing with our flags today. Our flags today are a little bit different, but essentially the same, because if you look at your uh, throughout your history, um, or throughout somebody else's history. It's his story. Um, the flags that they used to carry on the war fields were draped downward between two poles. And they were stitched side to side so they didn't wave, but so they could be seen full-fledged face on. And that's, what, that's the way our flags are supposed to be hung today. They're not supposed to be hung at a 45-degree angle. They're not supposed to be hung in a, in, in a vertical angle. They're supposed to be hung across a bar on a vertical angle so they hang downward yeah it's it's supposed to be a banner right and so when we see these hospitals the hospitals started out like your were your mass units on the war fields and back in the day it was just hacking hack and sew today it's more specialized and so now that we're more specialized we have concentrations of doctors that can with different specialties that can get together um, in burn units and um, where burns are severe enough where they have to amputate a leg, they can still amputate the leg and still do skin grafts. And that's all it is. Your, your hospital is just a conversion of the war fields. Just like our flag is just a conversion of what they used to be. Well, and I think this goes back even further. I mean, even as far as talking about language earlier, uh, this goes back even further. Because when you look at how things are pronounced and the phonics of things, uh, a lot of us, especially if you're my age maybe, you learn phonics in school, and they've kind of taken phonics out. But where did phonics come from? Look at the root of that. Phonics comes from the Phoenicians. And the Phoenicians yep. were... Who were now we're going back to Admiralty Maritime. The Phoenicians were the sea bearing people, they had the biggest navy. Yep, Phoenicians, phonic, definition. Where do you think we get our definitions from? They're definitions yeah. because they went from the word, the verbal word, and they were written down. They were it's written, it's fine, it's written down because it's for a definition. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly they're 
There, there Same job, thing. So yeah. you had to write it down for them. <laughs> yeah, it's a multiple They defined it. Yeah, there's ahead. a lady speaking. Brian? Yeah, what's up? Hello? Hi, yeah. yeah. Um, I was just wondering if you guys have looked up Uniform uniform Commercial Code. Oh, yeah. I'm, I've studied I'm everything. Very, very, <laughs> very familiar with the Uniform Commercial Code. And, you know, that's one of the things. Um, somebody posted a video to the group a while ago. And there was an interview on there. I think it was with Sasha Stone and this BB, I can't remember her last name, who was supposedly in prison somewhere for quite a while. And mm -hmm. one of the first things in the video she came out with is, yeah, everything's run on the Uniform Commercial Code, which has been in existence for hundreds of years. Right there, no. that makes it very hard no. for me to listen to the rest of it, because the Uniform Commercial Code was created in the U.S. in 1953, and then after 1953, sections of it were adopted by different states. But anyway, yeah, go ahead with uh, what your question was. Well, uh, um, not the question, but um, years ago, like when I lost my son through court to his father, that's a long story, and I don't want to get into that, but I was researched uh, with Tammy Pepperman, or Tamara Kay. Do yep. you know her? Uh, yeah, I know her and, very well, and her and I chit-chat uh, a couple times a week. Oh, do you? Do you? Yeah, she's, she's very knowledgeable. And um, I believe when I was in with her at one time that she stated uniform commercial code is basically anybody in the military are in a, in a uniform. Like if you work at a gas station or uh, work anywhere, no. if you have to have a uniform on, isn't that part of the government and part of the military? Everything's attached to everything. I don't know well, where you I, got yeah. that or where, where she got that. Well, That's wrong. Well, Tammy, Tammy likes to take words and blanket them across everything. I mean, I, I wear a uniform at my job, but mm -hmm. we're not military, you know, even though we what? wear a uniform. Uh, uniform just kind of means the same. Everybody's the same. When I went to school, actually, I never went to a public school. And thank God, everybody, everybody had a uniform we wore, basically. We had a dress code, which is a uniform. And, yeah, I went to like, that didn't mean school we, for a short period of time, and we yeah. had to wear uniforms, yeah. yeah. But that doesn't mean we were in the military. <laughs> right. Let, no, let me explain no, the no, no, uniform. No, 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 no. What she means or what she – just because everything's all sectioned off, they have everything all sectioned off in, like, squares. So nobody actually knows what anything took to or attached to. Do you know what I mean? Okay, let me, Where it all comes from the government, everything started from the government. It all came from them. They made no, up everything. So, I, so everything's been com everything's been compartmentalized. I, I, I think I, I think you should let I think you should let Keith Little define. Uh, this is Lamont. I think you should let, let Keith Little define what uniform commercial code really is, rather than getting to the um, uh, the the esoterical. Uh, yeah, you're, you're getting conjectural. Off, off tangents. Let's just uh, don't. The, the, the best thing is to not to get, get into hyperbole, conjecture, and um, you know these assumptions. I'll let Keith Little have the floor. Um, when we talk about uniform, let me show you uniform in regards to in beginning was word. Again, I am going to be the wordsmith of all time if you let me. 
because when we talk about in beginning was word and we comprehend that he is a respecter of no persons everything in the commercial realm is persons that's what's uniform however in that uniform commercial code it tells us that the code that the law is to be uniform throughout all jurisdictions so let's take a look at it uniform commercial code section 3-402b subsection 1 says the authorized representative giving an unambiguous signature as authorized representative on the instrument is not liable for the person named in the instrument so we have he is a respecter of no persons in the ecclesiastical sense as well as a person not being respected as the creditor in the commercial system we are the creditor giving the signature and not liable for the person showing that i'm no i'm no respecter of the person you better respect myself though and so when we talk about the uniform commercial call uh, code being uniform oh. it's uniform throughout all jurisdictions because we are the ones that defined it we took the word and defined it and put it down in a literal sense on paper so that others could well, comprehend we it in that literal sense and that's we it. didn't do that it has nothing to do with everybody looking the same and wearing the same uniform or anything it has to be it has to do with showing your superiority um as a paramount claimer and somebody has i, a I don't know about you but i didn't do that I wouldn't consider we did that. We didn't do anything. We didn't make up all that. As men, we wrote words down. As men, oh, we write words down oh, today. Yeah, yeah, I see what she's saying. She's she's she is correct. She is correct. We we are not the if I if I understand her correctly. We are not the this author is Lamont. Of, of we are not authors. She's saying that we are not right. the authors of yeah, the uniform code. But the you know, but but the uniform commercial code is the universal uh, worldwide uh, communication and law for governing commerce worldwide uh, and bo born out in 1955 but was it was passed and conceived in 1953 it took two two years and so a lot a lot of um sh chicanery and hookery to get that across um to have it have it as a uh, language of transacting business and commerce all, all over the um you know uh, each country I'll yield the floor to Keith Little to explain the, the etymology of it and the other criteria of it. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on just a second. Hold on just a second, Lamont. This is Brian from Tactical Sovereignty. And let me yield the floor to myself for a second. <laughs> yeah, because this is a really hot button issue with me. And this is where people come and they say, <laughs> oh, I, I didn't authorize this. I didn't agree to this. Well, I'm sorry. We need to, and let me run with this for a minute or two here. Yeah, I'm going to follow up with you, Brian, because I'm pretty sure I'm going to agree with you. Look at the coin in your wallet. Look at the coin in your pocket. Does it not say e perversunum on it? Out of many, one. What this is, this concept is saying that this body, the U.S., and this system that's being run today, is being run by all of us all of us have agreed to this how have we all agreed to this um i would really recommend people to go online or actually you can go to my youtube channel 
and you can look up Law of Nations and you can listen to the audio book if you want. And these are, where do you think statutes came from? These are written in statutes prior to the U.S. being uh, created. These were all things that came from times of Egypt, India, and before. These were all the ideas of how a nation is really created, how a one-body politic is created, and what its relationship is to the people, and what its relationship is to other nations. Okay, And so, guess what? One of the biggest things also that's discussed in all nations is tacit consent. You being quiet and letting things happen. Well, guess what? A lot of people I hear all the time complain about, oh, well, we weren't given uh, full disclosure. You know, here about three years ago, I well, posted something online. Well, no, this has been going online. on for thousands and thousands of years, though. This is been, that, this isn't yeah, that, something that is brand new. That's what I'm to, saying. To us, you know what I mean? Um, that, that's what I've said. That's what I said. This has been going on for thousands of years, and everything was compiled from those thousands of years into the book Law of Nations, which was also called The Law of Nature, several different names, okay? And people could, you know, if you go online, uh, just look up the basic uh, principles of it. Just read the beginning. That's all you really probably really need to know. But anyway, here, here, here. Well, frankly, Brian, Brian, you're right, Brian, but it's, that's the hot hammer, Hanarabi slave Babylonian codes from Samaria to Rome to to the ecclesiastic times and the times of the Rome Act, all the way all the way Absolutely. to current events. We're talking wait, 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 we're talking about three different categories. Keith Keith no. Lowe's defining Keith Lowe's defining it. You're 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 talking about the consent or the or the or tacit consent to it, and the young long dear lady, the dear lady is talking about the authors of it, and there's two, there's three different I mean, categories Jay, but, of conversation. Right. And, no, and, and no, what we're no. But there's here. hold on. There's a third part to this, and you're not letting me finish it. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead, brother. And the and. People don't comprehend how this works, okay? Um, like I was going to say, I posted something several years ago that I had found from a Tampa newspaper where a guy wanted to do a change with a canal. And he put in the paper, he said, well, I put this in the Federal Register for 30 days. Nobody said anything, so boom, we're going to run with it. And I posted that online, and I only had a couple people comment, and the people that commented said, I don't understand. What's this about? This doesn't make sense. People don't comprehend how this system is being run. Okay? Guess what? There's a third aspect of how all this system is being run. Is that you can speak up. You can stand out. You can separate yourself and say, yeah, I'm not going along with this. I'm not in agreement to this. This is not how... My body, my constitution is going to be run. And this is not what I'm going to follow. You can do it if you want, but I'm not going to. And that is something I think people are seriously missing, is that they're not taking a stand. Uh, what happened, oh, I, I, supposedly... I've taken a stand and ended up in jail, Brian. Oh, absolutely. I, 
I, I, I told them a, that I do lot. not understand. But yet then you're, if you're dealing with Masons, which that's what I was dealing with and didn't understand it at the time. And I told them I was a witness to everything that was going on because that's what I, the way I understood it at the time. Right. And I said, I'm a witness to yeah. everything. And I told them what I witnessed. They picked me up or had two bailiffs come in the courtroom. I handed them my paperwork that I got from Tammy, the judge literally went nuts on the stand, looking at it, looking at it, looking at it, looking at it, looking at everything I wrote up. And I don't know if Tammy still has a copy of it, you know, or not. But she assigned two bailiffs to come in. I would not stand up. They picked me up off my feet, off my feet, handcuffed me, you know, and the judge literally left the courtroom. Then they had me go downstairs to get booked. You know, of course, I went through the procedure of that because a lot of I didn't know much about it at the time. You know what I mean? And they literally put me in jail so they could steal my phone. Oh, absolutely! I know, I know, I know. And then when they stole my phone from me, then they let me out of court. Yeah, I know. I know people that have been arrested, thrown in jail here, even on Florida. And, and I don't do drugs for... or I don't drink. And I had a full-time job at the time. And everybody's like, well, did you have a full-time job? And I said, yes, I had a full-time job. Well, were you doing drugs? Were you drinking? Were you doing it? No, none of that. You know, and, and I'm not going to sit here and waste the majority of your time. But a lot of people think, oh, you did this wrong. You did that wrong. You did this wrong. You did that wrong. The full thing are. is, is, is. I didn't create this damn system. They created this damn system. They are the author of this is, system. Is my is my audio working? Yes. Okay. Because I spoke up a couple of times and she kept going. So I, I thought maybe I wasn't being her. No, and I, plus, yeah, I anyway, it's what, a Luciferian I, religion. It's not a government. Uh, it's not a... It, it, it's a religion. You're, okay, you're, you're, speaking, you're, you're, you're speaking to the choir on that? And yeah, let me, I'll t- I'll let me, t- let me I'll jump in I'll, I'll tell you what. You can talk to anybody about your religion or whatever, and you were I don't have be a met by uh, whatever. You're going to be met with passive activity. But if you start talking to people about Trump or Pelosi, people will fight you to the death. Guess what the universal religion is now? Guess what the world religion is now? It's statism. That's yeah. exactly what's going on. I've known people down here in Florida that have been thrown in jail for a month or so, okay, and not charged. Guess what happens when they get out of jail? They put them back in a police car. They take them back to the original precinct where they were arrested at, and they fingerprint them and book them because they were never booked when they were originally jailed. People don't realize that this kind of stuff is happening today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other stuff has happened to me, too, but I just really don't want to get into it. But the thing is, is that there, I, I read something Then why somewhere. get into it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest. That's all I'm doing is being honest. I'm listening to five minutes here of the same stuff, and nobody knows what they're talking about. I guarantee okay, you. Okay, 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 Keith, Keith, you have, Keith, you, this is Lamont. You have the floor. <laughs> okay. 
Thank you, Lamont. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the sister's name is. I don't want to call her any names. Uh, sister, you used two very important words in that five-minute conversation. You said you're not the author, and you used the word listen. So I hope you listen to the author of the word. Are you, you going to, to listen upset. to the spiritual? Why, why are you getting upset? Well, I'm not. I want you to listen to me. I just spent five minutes of listening to people running their mouths back and forth about an issue that has no concept of what you're even talking about because you won't listen to the author. Okay, when calm I can down. explain it to calm you in a very Breathe. short one minute say. You have the floor, you Case. Go for manual. it. Calm down. And you're yelling. You have a and manual. you're yelling. So so why are you yelling? Because you keep interrupting me. I sat here quietly and let you run calm your Calm down. Mind. All right, calm down. Go for it. Don't get upset. Calm down. Why I started out, I don't want to call her any names. I want to call her sister. And then she immediately interrupted me. Okay. Let no, me continue. Hey, relax. And hey, I will be hey, done bro. in 30 seconds. Keith, Keith, she's muted. You got right it, now, brother. You, so you got it. You relax, got it. Chill man. out. You go for it, man. Relax. Go for it, brother. You got the floor. Chill. Okay. If you're going to listen to the author, then quit reading manuals and listen to yourself. That's as simple as it gets. The only thing that has ever been written down was written by man's hand. The word is the spirit hand. What guides you in spirit? That's as simple as it gets. We each know what the truth is. We each know what is right. And we each know what is wrong. I yield the floor. You know, one of the things that really frustrates me, Keith, and it took me a while to figure this out. And it was actually an interview that of all people um lisa haven had and she had an interview with a gentleman who was a higher up in a corporation okay he was like a secretary he was like next to the ceo <coughs> and um uh, the ceo called him one day and said hey i'm supposed to go to this meeting i'm not able to go to it you're the second command would you please go for me and this gentleman said, sure. And I've been digging, trying to find this. And I've asked Lisa for it. And I don't know if, I mean, I know she's inundated with a lot of stuff. Because I'd love to share this with, again with people. But this gentleman went to this meeting. And this meeting was of corporate executives here in the United States of America. You know, Xerox. Uh, Warner Brothers Studios, I mean, big people. And he said he went to this meeting and he said it was a ceremony and it was like a dinner and they had other stuff going on. And he said it was creepy as hell. And he said one of the common terms he kept hearing was a term of captured operation. Every reference to the United States of America was a reference to a captured operation. And keeping that in the back of my head while I've researched different things, 
I've seen how this operation has been captured, how it was an operation that was supposed to be something else, but it was captured. And people don't realize, there's so many people that they're so worried about the new world order coming in and this and that. You know what, guys? I'm sorry. It's already here. Travel the world and see if your debt doesn't follow you. The new world order is already here. One world yeah. religion, people are afraid of that. Guess what? The one world religion is already here. Like I said, yeah, it was, it talk, was here in 65 when they created the Vatican. Yeah, talk to somebody about religion. Talk to somebody and, and then talk to them. Then talk to them about Trump or Pelosi. And they're going to, oh my gosh, you want to <laughs> see the feathers really get ruffled? Now you're hitting the religion. Yeah. People need to realize that these things that you're being told to be afraid of and watch out for, it's already here. It's already running things. It's right in front of your eyes. Yeah, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, guys, that we lost this witness son, girl, but, um, I, you know, like I said, it, it was only going to take me 30 minutes. She kept wanting to interrupt, so I'm done. Well, yeah, you couldn't say two or three words before she wanted to jump back in, but, and I, 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 and I, understand there's people that it's passionate about different things and i also comprehend that there's people that have a purpose for being passionate um one of the things that i looked at and if people look for instance the last day or two there was supposedly a leader of isis killed okay and i i just started laughing to myself because we know who really created isis and al-qaeda and all of that and I've got an article on my WordPress blog regarding leaders. I think it's called Spreading Democracy. Okay. And that is because I went and I started picking out leaders like uh, people in Venezuela, people in Iran, right? People in China, a lot of these countries, Russia, that we're told are supposed to be our enemies and things like that. And I, I started looking them up and looking into their background. And lo and behold, you know what I found? For instance, um, the previous leader of Venezuela, where was he educated at? Huh. He was yeah, educated America. at George, George, George Washington University. Yeah. Oh, this guy, this guy they're trying to bring in right now to replace the current leader? Where was he educated at? Oh, he was educated at George Washington University. I looked into leaders in Iran. Now, I'm not talking about Iraq, where the U.S. government's at right now. I'm talking about Iran, the country that's next on our list to go after. And guess where some of their leaders were all educated at? They were all educated at Jesuit universities in the United States of America. Guess what? The United States of America has bred and created these people and then put them into positions worldwide. And yep. so who are we fighting against? We're not fighting against anybody. We are doing exactly, not we, I'm sorry to say we. The United States is doing exactly what it has set up to do as one of the tri-states, the United States, Vatican, and City of London. It's doing exactly what the tri-states are doing. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's 
and that's one of the major problems you know when we talk about this new world order and everybody's being <laughs> educated here in america um where where where's the capital of the world people <laughs> yeah absolutely where's the capital of the world you know a, a lot of things to me and i look at the religion things that are set up in the same way and a lot of things to me get downloaded when i sleep and when i wake up in the morning my first 10 minutes is sitting down writing down things that got downloaded to me while i was sleeping uh, the other night i had some stuff or early in the morning i had some stuff downloaded to me i think and originally on facebook i used to use the symbol of noon which kind of looks like a j with an i or a dot above it uh which means nazarene it's noon uh, N-O-O-N you go into the Hebrew and you look at Passover and look at what originally happened with Passover is that what were they supposed to mark in blood they, they marked the two pillars the doorpost and the header of their door stop and look at that and what does it look like those two head posts and, and the head it, it looks like the N like the noon if, if you look at it in the uh, English and I was like oh wait a second this is starting to blow my mind and and then look at what Passover was presented to people as and through the Catholic Church and then down into the Protestant Church even today uh, it's represented in in communion and that's not what it was intended for Oh yeah. my gosh, people's minds have gotten so distorted. And what I've always said, what is the best way to control a people? Aside, you know, if you want to control a man, like I've said, aside from his wife hitting him upside the head with a frying pan, he's going to be afraid of one other thing, his God. And so use a God. Yeah. And they use God and religion to control people. People need to really pay attention and really pay attention to what, to me, to what the real message of Yeshua was, because it's not what's being taught today in the churches. Absolutely not. No, no. And that's, that, yeah. and that's the problem with today's churches, too. You know, we're, we're talking about a commercial center. I told you um, the, the New World Order uh, in regards to religion started in 65 AD when they built the Vatican. The Vatican was the first commercial center. What's that tell you? I would love to do a whole call. Well, how about next week? Next week, would you love to? Would you like to do a freaking whole call just on the message of Yeshua and what was happening at that time? Are you familiar enough with that, Keith? Well, I'm. I'm certainly going to do my research, brother. <laughs> well, I, I've, I'll, got, I'll I've got. I've got. I've got enough that I. I could do a little bit, but. You know, if you want me to do a whole hour with you, uh, I can do some more. Well, you know what? I, I think that this is something that could really open the eyes to today's air quote Christian. Because what they're being taught today isn't what Jesus was teaching. No, no. What they're being taught today is uh, Pauline doctrine. 
Yeah. The, the, in, in the way, and just so everybody knows, the way I see the story of Christ is uh, questions. We only find answers by questioning things. And in everything that I read about Jesus in these Bibles and stuff, it's, he always questioned everything. Absolutely. He was always asking questions. And, you know, one of the things that always frustrated me, well, not always, but what started really frustrating me was... Well, number one, as a youth, only going to a biblical school <coughs> is seeing the word God capitalized. And I was like, God, aren't there many gods? And they said, oh, yeah, but it's capitalized. So it only means one God. I'm like, okay, one God. Which one? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> just, just like you look at your dollar bill. And it says, in God we trust. Okay, in God we trust. Okay, which God? Yeah, Did the one of the, of the Egyptian temple? You know, the pyramids? Or what? <laughs> well, go, go, go walk around Washington, D.C. Because every society that gets established, they immediately put up freaking temples and things to their God. Well, what do you see around Washington, D.C.? All kinds of temples. And Greek and Pantheon, you see numerous gods. So which god are they yeah. talking about? Yeah. And it's all driven, again, like I said, by the Vatican. Every time a nation is established, it's the Vatican that comes puts, puts forth a little black book with a number in it in accordance to the banking laws. Well, let, let me substitute a word. And you're using the word Vatican. <clears throat> let me substitute the word Jesuit. Okay. Because, because, you know, all of, like I mentioned, um, I've got on my WordPress blog, uh, it's called uh, Grooming Socialism. Okay. And it lists a lot of these colleges, a lot of these universities, and they're run by Jesuits. They're Jesuit universities. Yale, George Washington University. Go down the line. They're Jesuit universities. And you know what they do? They put out, and I've meant to do it the past couple of days because the research on this is about four or five years old because I know the numbers are bigger now, is they put out possibly 30,000 possible priests every year. 30,000 possible priests in the Catholic Church every year? Well, yep. there's not that many Catholic churches that need a new priest, and there's that not that many uh, new churches sprouting up. So where are these people going? I'll tell you where they're going. They're telling them to go into the communities, become a board member of the the board of commissioners for your uh, for your town, uh, become yeah. part of the board in a local Presbyterian church. Yeah. And, and just start trickling in the philosophy. And just just for everybody, just to give everybody something to think about between now and next week's uh, call, um, you know, if we're going to talk about Jesuit, um, Yeshua, uh, Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, is, is not correct. Because we know J-A didn't come about until decades, centuries later. Um, I-E-S-U-S, 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 
a lot like ISIS, but not ISIS, um, which is uh, um, which stands for uh, greater glory of God. You know what? It's kind of funny you brought that up because it's IUS. Uh, and that's what's in the 1611 King James Version. Yep. And I remember uh, David Williams confronted one of the translators for that. And asked, well, what were you guys doing with transferring things from the 1611 to like the King James we have today? Oh, they said, well, we're just doing basic translating. He said, wait a sec. So you are translating English into English? <laughs> yep. <laughs> a lot like our lawyers do with Congress. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, and what they do, you know, with words today is they reclassify them. Instead of it being classified as a word or as an English word, now it's reclassified as a term. And when it's reclassified yep. as a term, a term is one of the tools of the legal society, just like a hammer belongs to you know a layman it becomes one of their tools so now they get to redefine it yep and also and also just to note i i don't know whether i really believe jesus uh was actually a uh, a carpenter in the sense of what we think today um a carpenter is somebody that constructs something and he was constructing a love for god is what i think all right uh carpenter let me go to that um if you go into the actual text of what was used and because he came from joseph and joseph in the text they said was a carpenter okay if you go into the original text it says he was a master craftsman now right here about a year ago i posted a picture on facebook of that area in the Middle East. And you know what There's you no don't see there? there? You know what you don't see? <laughs> you don't you, you you don't see any trees. Exactly. And what does people think of today as a carpenter? Somebody that does stuff with wood and trees. There are no trees. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now when you think of master craftsman just think about that term, master craftsman. What do you think of? Yeah, woodsman. Uh, no, when I think of master craftsman, I think of somebody oh, I'm doing sorry. Yeah. kind of um, everything. I think it's somebody dealing in the arts. Somebody dealing with um, oh. multi-talented. Yeah, multi-talented, but but uh, I don't want to say etymology. They're uh, they're doing something far deeper than what we realize. Right. Well, they're 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 not. Uh, when, when you talk about a master, somebody that's got a lot of experience, and when you're dealing with a lot of experience, you end up with a lot of experience in different areas. Um, if you're going to be an auto mechanic, you can be an auto mechanic, but if you're going to be a master auto mechanic, you have to know engineering, you have to know mathematics, you have to know communication, you have to know comfort, you have to know um, so many different things in order to be a, Who's a master mechanic. Who is a master in Freemasonry? 
Oh, that hits, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Start thinking on that direction. And, and because um, because because Jesus uh, Yeshua came from a line of priests. He came from a line of kings. And who are all these people <clears throat> in these ruling families today that are ruling under the divine right of kings? Well, where does their kingship come from? They are claiming to have a kingship through the bloodline of Yeshua. Right. And, and, and just so everybody knows, again, we're, look, we're looking at phonemes here. Phonemes and graphemes. And when we talk about masonry, we're talking about messianic. Not Masonic, Messianic, Messiahs, Kings. Yeah, and uh, and these people were these people were kicked out of every nation all over the place, and they wormed their way back into the U.S. Yep, and they really established the U.S., whether people realize it or not. Uh, look at uh, there's a quote from. Lincoln from Abraham Lincoln, where he said that the war of aggression, the civil war, would not have been possible if it hadn't been for the Jesuits. That's something to really wrap your mind around and grasp. Yeah. Uh, he he said at the same time also he he said that he had the South in front of him. And he had the bankers behind him. And he wasn't sure who he was more afraid of. That should give yeah. you a clue. That yeah, should yeah. give you a clue. <laughs> because yeah. who are the bankers? Who are the bankers? Oh, wait a second. The bankers were the guys in Germany that Hitler was kicking out. Oh, gosh. Same situation all over again? And see, and see that's Only. one of the things that, and I'm not, I'm not, don't quote me on this. Please don't quote me on this, but um, I think that is basically what uh, Hitler was on to when when he was going out and invading these other countries and, and going throughout the world looking for all the treasures and everything. He was looking for the kings. He was looking for the true kings. Yeah, well, absolutely. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> you have to look at what was going on in Germany at the time. And Germany had gone through a serious depression. They had serious problems, and they were looking for somebody to give them answers. And so Hitler came in, and he said, I've got the answer. I can help you out. And Hitler, they had actually even imprisoned him for a period of time. All right? Yeah, in the 30s. Well, yeah, and he, he finally came into power, and what did he do? He started kicking out the central banks. He said, yep. kick out these third-party people that are supplying the money we'll set up our own banks and we'll start taking care of ourselves what happened with germany germany flourished it was doing yep. great guess what it was doing freaking great and what had to happen oh somebody had to come in and freaking put an end to it uh just it, like Gaddafi. just oh you took the words right my mouth just like Gaddafi. Gaddafi was taking care of his people um, you taking care of them very well. People should go online and look it up. It's easy to find. You could get housing for very, very low money 
Uh, you got free medical care. For parents. Oh, after college education. When when you got married, a lot of banging around from somebody. Uh, when you got married uh, in Libya, Gaddafi gave you and your spouse fifty thousand bucks. Yeah. Uh, does the U.S. give you anything when you get married here? Oh, that no, that's their way of taking things from you. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just an extra way for them to steal stuff. People need to look into these topics because it's been hidden from everybody. And when we talk about research, these are the things you should be researching. Yep. Not listening to the basic propaganda. I I know uh, just prior to you coming on, Keith, and I don't know if you're listening or not, I was talking about food possible food shortages. And I've got a small little group I start up on Facebook called Exiting MSM, Exiting Mainstream Media, and where I'm throwing things in there that you don't see on the news all the time. And I posted something there today regarding these possible food shortages and what different farmers are actually saying in America. And I had somebody come on there, and they were blasting everything in the comments, going, oh, this is fear porn, da-da-da. Uh, we make enough uh, wheat and grain that we can supply the whole world. I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, okay. I know what I'm talking okay. about. I'm, yeah, I'm, you get I'm out there listening. and make all that wheat and corn and grain and everything then, buddy. How many people are actually doing that, aside from the farm machinery? When when the, when shit hits the fan and the, and we run out of fuel, what are you going to do? You're going to go out and get a donkey and a plow and plow it yourself? Come on, people. Yeah, well, this same guy is going to be one of the people that's going to be knocking on my door looking for a bowl of freaking wheat. Yeah, I'm sorry, and, I ain't got none. <laughs> and this was pro- this was prophesied about in the Book of Revelation. Yeah, was, this was told in the Book of Revelation that this day will come. Well, you know what? I've been watching the markets right now regarding the farmers, and this is what the farmers are saying, and it's like. It's putting a little scare in me. And yep. I don't want to scare people, but I'm just saying, here's a heads up. You need to pay attention to this. Yeah. And, and, and you know, going back to uh, some comments earlier about the uh, etiology, etymology, and epistemology, root knowledge, people, is not about the words in all these manuals. It's the root knowledge of the spiritual body being able to know how to live life without all the machinery and everything because everything is already freely given and therefore if we freely gather what is already freely given in prosperity and abundance, we don't give a shit and rat's ass if the rest of the world falls apart because we can govern ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and thinking about you know a situation with wheat and stuff like that, I know around me what tree produces what, where I can get different things from. I, oh, I yeah, know, you, for instance, you know what? Pe- most people don't realize cattails that are around ponds, the roots of oh, cattails. Oh, great source of food. Oh, my God. Now, I, I'll tell you this. They're not tasty. <laughs> they're not tasty. No. But you know what? You'll get your nourishment. Well, I uh, like you, uh, your group that you started. I started a group as well called MAN man all natural uh yeah man all natural 
and uh, it's it's basically about holistics, <laughs> nature, bushcrafting, survival techniques, and and I've done some videos myself. I I did a uh, video on the uh, walnuts and uh, hair dye and um, a quick uh, bush uh, bushcraft quick fire, um, all kinds of stuff, and. You know, when we learn how to live life without a government, without a monetary system, it's <laughs> what are you going to do? Okay, so share your group over to my group, and you know, hopefully, we'll help both grow. And but yeah. you know, the, the, these are just basic things people need to know. Um, I normally try and keep this podcast down to an hour. We've gone over that tonight, and that's all good. We're just waiting for Keith to come on. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry but, it took so long. I, like I said, I'm working on this ancient computer, but uh, hopefully that'll be resolved soon too. Yeah, but uh, you know, but in a side, in aside from that other, the other gal, and and again, I apologize, people, but like I said, there was ten minutes of conversation that was unnecessary. You know, all you needed to do was let me come on for that thirty second shot, and it would have explained something that I don't care who authored it. And according to the manual. Man authored it. If you're going to keep signing your name, then you are the author as well. If you're going to let the spirit guide you, then you can say, I am not the author. But as long as you keep involving yourself in this manual system of fiat currency, then you are the author as well. One of or many in one. Absolutely. And, and this is one of the things that I preach to people as well is voting. As long as you're voting, everybody complains. Well, oh, who are you voting for this year? Who are you voting for? And they keep everybody riled up every couple of years. Oh, there's a new vote coming on. Who are you voting for? Guess what? As long as you vote, when you put in your ballot, that means that you are. Ex- yeah, yeah. I just put a video out on that too. I made a challenge: <laughs> stand up and sit down. Don't vote. I think we lost Brian again. All right. Good evening, Lamont. Lost Lamont, too. Ah. Okay. Who's this? Well, I'll hang out if anybody's got any questions. Okay, am I back on? You are, you are. It just told me you I was kicked came. off and it, and it brought me back on again. Yep, you there still? Yeah, I'm here. You hear me? Okay. Yeah, I think uh, right. Lamont said he's gone and King Sean said he's gone. They're gone for the night, so. Well, so yeah, it's been a good meeting so far. Somehow I got kicked off and it brought me back on. But I was going to say in closing, um, I I went off from two theories that and looking at how everything has been established, reading the law of nations, looking at how countries have been established, that they're established on two pillars, a pillar of the priests and a pillar of the kings. And the, the kings are your legislatures. And the priests are these guys wearing black dresses in your courthouse. They're actually minister the word. 
Yeah, they're they're actually acting as your church. That's your church. Yep. That's why and there's, there's pews. a church. There's pews. <laughs> there's a church in every county. All right. So I I sent in my uh, resignation of election for being a voter. Yeah, and I never registered I, ever. Uh, then I well, it doesn't matter if you do or not. You might be and not even know it. Anyway, I went I reject. <laughs> and I, I well, that's not what's important. What is important is I went in and I had them give me a written statement that I was not on their rolls. Oh yeah, I I and, call every and, year. <laughs> well, and, and down here in Florida. But every freaking two months, you get a notice to go to jury duty. Wow. So the next time, next time I got one of those, I sent in my letter from the supervisor elections saying that I was removed. I sent that to him. And I got a letter back from the judge basically saying, oh, we apologize. You will never be contacted again. And guess what? And been- I wasn't. Nope. I've Good never deal. contacted again. And guess what happened? You know, it takes look at look at the social security card. What do you see there? There's two pillars holding it up. Yep. If you knock down one of those pillars, guess it what? It no longer has any standing. You just destroyed everything. Yeah. Um, I I get pulled over nowadays. And I the last time I got pulled over. I had no proof of insurance. I had the wrong plates on the car. Da da da. Guess what happened? The guy said, "You know what? Just be safe. Have a good night." Yeah, because they they know the separation of powers there. Any other time in life, I would have been going to jail. Anybody else would have gone to jail. Yeah. You know, start knocking down the pillars that freaking. You're putting over your head because they shouldn't be yep. there. That's what yep. I have to say. Uh, all right, Keith. Next week, I guess. Um, and, you know, I really want to get yeah, into this. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> no, I just want to say, I really want to get into this thing if, with Yeshua um, because I think his message was totally misunderstood. And I've got a bunch of pages that I've written out that one day. Actually, it was about three or four days ago. I woke up in the morning, and I just started writing things down that I knew from Scripture. I just started writing them down and what they really meant. And it just flowed out of me. It's like when writers talk about how their writing just flows from them. The stuff just flowed out of me. See, that's what I was talking about earlier. When you know the truth and you know what's right, that's all there is to it. (laughs) Absolutely. And I, I would love to cover some of this stuff and just let people know, you know, what you're hearing in your church isn't the freaking truth. You know, what did Yeshua say? Yeshua said, these things I have done and you will do these and greater. Okay. Yeah. Can you tell me what greater things people are doing today than what he did back then? None. I don't think so. None. Absolutely not. It's because we're listening to the wrong people. We're listening to the wrong people. We're being held back. 
Yep. Yeah, and that's and that's why I urge everybody get down to the etiology, et, uh, 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 etymology, and epistemology, because without a root foundation, you have nothing. You can't build a roof on sand and expect to be able to live under it. Let alone if you if you're building on sand to begin with. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I tell people every week. I say, you know what? If you're gonna look into anything and try and figure stuff out you need to look into three things look into who you really are where you're really from and where you're really at because you've been deceived on all three of those levels and um this was our first week really with being able to have keith on and so keith i'll let you close this out tonight well before i do um to the gal that was on earlier that um Please, please comprehend. I, I get passionate. That's all it is. Um, I, I, I gave her time to speak, and um, when it was my turn to, to have the floor, I got quite upset because uh, she wanted to consistently interrupt me when she already had her turn. Okay? Along with that, all I needed was the 30 seconds. I couldn't even get past five seconds. And so when I get upset like that, please, take heed. There's a reason for it. It's not my ego. It's a matter of respect. And when she wants to make comments in here about hostilities, good night. It's hostilities because you bring it upon by 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 disrespect. I respected you for full 10 minutes and let you say what you had to say, knowing that what you were saying was was inherently wrong. So please, if I if I if I get a chance to speak, at least let me speak. It's not going to take me long to to uh, share what I have to share and make it simple enough for people to understand. There, there's a concept of kissing. Everybody else likes to say, keep it short sim- or keep it simple, stupid. No, I like to keep it short and succinct. And that's it. So I, I really bless everybody for coming on. And like I said in a couple of my other videos, it's it's your comments and questions that motivate me to do more research in, in areas that I'm not familiar with. So I'm anxious to see uh, what comes about next week's meeting with Yeshua and uh, um, my uh, furthering education in that area. Thank you, everybody, for attending, and uh, we hope to see you again next week. Absolutely. Thank you, Keith. And that's one of the things that I really want to bring to people's attention next week is that the story you were told from Sunday school isn't the story you were supposed to really know. No. And... uh, Every Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Been here for a while. I'll catch you all later. And I want to give a round of applause and a thank you for Keith joining us. And uh, we'll all join you next week. Good night, guys. Good night, all.